0: Lincoln Steed, and we have been seeing this administration uh, take a number of steps on the subject of religious freedom. Lincoln, tell us about a recent event.
1: Be happy to. And as a prequel to that, I just need to make a comment that you alluded to. You know, we've all been amused or some people offended by the president tweeting and making public statements and uh, his actions with other leaders like President Erdogan of of uh, Turkey, Turkey. you know, fist bumping with him and his admiration for despots. You know, all of that we can look at differently. But I think for what happened recently at the end of July, the State Department uh, under Secretary of State uh, Pompeo uh, sponsored the first ever ministerial meeting for religious freedom. And I'm sure that this was also fully backed by uh, uh, Ex-Senator Brownback, who's the uh, U.S. Ambassador for Religious Freedom. So, out of this administration, regardless of background chatter, is coming a very strong initiative for religious freedom with the stated aim of placing America at the forefront uh, as a model, too, for religious freedom and an advocate for religious freedom internationally.
0: Well, okay. So, obviously, to us who are religious freedom advocates, that's a very positive. But there's two specific critiques that I have heard, and I'd like you to speak to them in turn. The first one is that the religious freedom advocacy is part and parcel of a restrictive policy of immigration and a message to other countries, uh, solve your religious freedom problems so that your immigrants don't your uh, you know uh, citizens don't start coming to our country for religious freedom
1: well you could you can make that deduction. We all see that it 's obvious in the overall actions of this administration, but in the statements coming out of this meeting, I think I sat in on an adjunct meeting was part of it prospectus on international freedom from the vatican which i 'll be happy to talk about spin offs from that, but the overall emphasis is very admirable from the 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 department on that occasion and from the representatives who were charged as the uh, roving ambassador for religious freedom, Brownberg, they're speaking well. But yes, there's a conflict between some secular policies of the U.S. and this uh, admirable resurgence of calls for religious freedom.
0: Well, I understood when Mike Pence, our vice president, was in Central America, he specifically linked religious freedom to immigration.
1: Well, yes. The the way they're putting it is that most, uh, I think it was um, uh, the ambassador to the uh, UN, she said that uh, where there's troubles in countries, it's nearly always because of problems with religious liberty. So you can draw a line from that to their actions against certain immigrants, and, and we can't defend that at all. But they've recognized, I think, which has been missing for a long time, Uh, that there is a clear tie-up between, you know, civil problems in a country and how they relate to all civil liberties, but particularly religious freedom. And very often a religious conflict in a country uh, spills over into other countries. And the U.S. has, I think, a stability interest in encouraging religious freedom everywhere.
0: No, I certainly agree. Now, um, I think this year we celebrated the 20th anniversary of Congressional Action Establishing the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. And as you mentioned, Senator Sam Brownback was appointed as the U.S. Ambassador for International Religious Freedom. And he's certainly somebody who has had a demonstrated interest and commitment to this issue for many, for many Absolutely, many years. And, and
1: we've worked very closely with him as, as the Seventh-day Adventist Church and our so, religious liberty arm. He was most cooperative back in his Senate days.
0: So is this ministerial, does this represent um, kind of a step up in terms of diplomatic priority from, uh, you know, from where we have been?
1: Absolutely,
0: because I know the
1: critique from other uh, ambassadors for religious freedom was that they operated in the State Department, but, uh, you know, they really didn't have much access to uh, State Department policy. To be so clearly linked with the Secretary of State and And a major event like this that pulled in, I don't know how many they got, but they were calling on uh, government leaders, uh, ministers of religion from all over the world. For them to come under the auspices of the State Department is something that hasn't happened before. And while there's a lot on the – not really on the fringes, but in this administration to be troubled about, within the State Department dynamic, I can only read this as an upgrading of the importance of religious freedom within the overall State
0: Department work. So that brings me to the second critique that we hear from the, certainly from the Democratic, more liberal critics of this administration, which is that when this administration talks about religious freedom, they're really not talking about religious freedom for everybody. They're really talking about religious freedom for Christians. In terms of this particular event, uh, did you see any hint of a more restrictive view? of religious freedom. Uh, yes. Well, I,
1: you know, I went to the, the one in particular because the, the, the Vatican interests me, <laughs> and there was a statement made at the time. I think uh, uh, the Secretary of State, I think, said it, that, that the role of the Vatican is central to guaranteeing religious liberty around the world. Well, that may be true, in fact, but Seventh-day know no, from reading Bible prophecy and what Protestants have long said, That has a ominous undertow to it. So, uh, you know, there's no question uh, that that within Christendom or within Christianity, there's some reason to worry. But I think you're right. I've said it for a long time, and, and Liberty Magazine will feature this as long as it takes that what often passes for religious liberty, particularly from this administration, is entitlement for a narrow band of religious activity slash Christianity, or even narrower slash uh, evangelical Christianity.
0: So tell us more about the the Vatican event that you attended. Well, to me, you know, I, I, I've always been
1: interested in current affairs and history and so on. And to me, it was almost surreal because I can remember when President Nixon tried to uh, appoint an ambassador in the howl of protests, and I can remember when uh, President Reagan finally did it and got away with it, but still there were rumblings that this Protestant country with the uh, constitutional separation of church and state would be sending an emissary, a formal ambassadorial uh, embassy, uh, you know, setting up an embassy in, in the Vatican was unacceptable. But here they were celebrating this. And uh Callista Gingrich, wife of Newt Gingrich, is the current ambassadress, I guess you would say. Uh, she was there, as were two previous ambassadors. The uh, Vatican Secretary uh, for Relations with States, and I think that amounts to the Secretary of State, was there. Uh, it was front and center, and they were recognized as the key to everything. And while they didn't say too many things wrong, there were buzzwords that – Uh, You and I have spoken about and shared with with our viewers and and readers for a long time, buzzwords like, for the common good, and then alluding to the previous position of of Rome, which was that error has no rights. (laughs) These things are not good. And then they threw in something that I've picked up on that we've hardly discussed At one meeting previously, I'd heard what they repeated here that while individual religious and civil rights are important, there needs to be increased emphasis on the religious rights of the organization, of the corporate church. You know, when you have a group that is a church and a state, that's ominous to me. Uh, They're seeking political power for a religious entity, and that isn't going to help the individual in their practice of faith, whether they're Islamic or Christian or whatever.
0: Well, and, you know, this. It reminds me of the recent Supreme Court decisions, which for the most part have been favorable for religious freedom, but really have been about the freedom of religious institutions. You know, the Hobby Lobby and Case and, and its progeny, and then you've got uh, the decision on the ministerial exception, protecting the right of religious right. institutions. Uh, We're on
1: the money there. And this follows from uh, Citizens United, which said that corporations have the rights of individuals. I think it's spilling over into seeing the church in its corporate sense. Uh, and that's code for union of church state, in my view.
0: Well, and then, you know, I mean, we had this case, this um, this last term of an individual, Jack Phillips. and. Although both sides are trying to proclaim as a victory, the fact is the court refused to decide whether individual religious conscience is going to be upheld in the marketplace. So certainly was not, and I'm not trying to say that he should have won by any stretch, but it certainly was not a victory for individual conscience, right
1: at the end of the discussion. everyone was backslapping how wonderful it is that we are defending all religious freedom and that the Catholic Church has gotten past its historical bad rep as a persecutor. Uh, it was interesting they were saying that then they said that they are adamantly opposed to the government interposing itself on administering all of this. Well, that sounded good to a point, and then they said uh, that it should be uh, a decision by the community as to what is a rational view on, on a conscience stand. Uh, it sounded good to a point that you do what's intelligent. You don't take a crazy position. So if you have an intelligent position, the community will recognize it as intelligent and support you. But what if the community doesn't think your position's intelligent, as is the case with every minority at some point?
0: Well, this flies in the face of the entire constitutional scheme of our First Amendment, which has is minority rights. We protect the rights of those whose religious beliefs we think are out of the mainstream, that right. are not able to be protected because the majority has sufficient respect for them. You know, there's an underlying principle here, Lincoln, which which I have taken to emphasizing in my preaching in churches, and, and I really want to get this in before we run out of time. And this whole business of the mark of the beast and the spirit of the beast and all, it really comes down to imposing our way upon others. Uh, Absolutely. When you read these prophetic passages, even if you differ in who's doing what to whom, what they're doing is coercing uh, conscience and violating the rights of conscience. And we do it in our churches where, you know, cliques will, uh, you know, kind of be the the, the judge and try to enforce uh, doctrinal and lifestyle standards on, on one another. You know, we have the spirit of the beast in our churches, and we have the spirit of the beast in our politics. Right. We're, we're, well, we're right. trying to impose, uh, you know, in a heavy-handed way upon one another.
1: Well, this is what I've the uh, people at the, the religious liberty seminars I attend. You know, often it's hard to tell whether something's a religious liberty or not issue or not, but I say it's easy to find out if there's any sort of coercion not just legal, group coercion or whatever, then it's not religious liberty. And I'd be happy for the whole country to be keeping a Seventh-day Sabbath, but if there was a law to that effect, I'd fight against it. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You would too, I think. Of course. uh, course. And this is the subtext of a lot of what's going on now. It's soft power at the moment, but it could easily turn to hard coercion. Uh, Basically, they're invoking the community and the common good and and where i think it may kick into gear is the, the people document laudato C on the environment said it's a matter of human survival that we uh, act a certain way morally and religiously what if you don't act the way they say when the survival of the the uh, species is at stake they might be quite willing to trample on your individual conscience stance
0: well i don't i doubt that it's going to take uh, something quite so dramatic we've seen uh, episodes many times in our past. Well, we're out of time for today. Always uh, a wonderful the discussion yeah. with uh, my good friend, Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine on the web at libertymagazine.org, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. And as we close, we remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about it. We help those suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org, churchstate.org. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Rhino. Until next week, let freedom ring.